All good. Recording with the new Zoom H2. I think it's a H2N. Mm. But uh, this is directly as a result of some kind of technical shenanigans that went on with the last show we did. Yes. And as a result, we are, to to quote your good self, uh, rinsing and repeating what I believe is some pretty cool content. Mm. So that's why we're sort of going over what we what we missed with our technical headache. And, uh, and that's why it might sound unique, shall we well, say. Well, the idea is that we... Um we don't sort of tell each other what we're going to present, right? <clears throat> Absolutely. So, um, in some sort of sense, the surprise has been spoiled. So, we'll um, normally it's show and tell, yeah, to one another, yeah, of cool shit that we get come across and get our hands on. I guess this show is unique in that it's show and tell on our behalf mm. to somebody else mm. that might be listening or come across this. So, those are familiar with software. We had a software update. That resulted in software breaking, essentially. Crazy um, XSplit update. Yeah, XSplit update. Aggressive update. <laughs> <laughs> it even changed the the color and the shape of the icon on the desktop. Oh, right. By just a bit to, by totally abandoning the original design. Okay. So it was it was a major um, major update. So we lost the sound. So that's why we got this little guy down the corner there, which is the zoom box. That's it. So at the very minimum, we'll always have sound as a backup. So let's uh, let's get started with some cool stuff that we've found. I have always been fascinated with remote control. You mm-hmm. have you had any any dabble? I can remember building remote control stuff not yeah. this is like when i was a kid right yeah. what me and my mates used to do <clears throat> we used to have all of these cars these little tiny cars toy plastic cars we used to have a collection of small motors mm. electric motors yeah and we used to run wires out to the batteries so our remote control was yeah. the wire down to the battery just jury rigged up into some car yeah and then we'd hold the battery and use the the wire to kind of control the car that's and I've, I've always wanted to get into remote control, but I never did. I I managed to avoid it, I guess, um, as a young person, just too busy playing every sport I could get mm-hmm. into because mm-hmm. it got, got you out of class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I missed having any re- remote control to- activities until I was probably 30, mm. 30-ish. Mm-hmm. And I got a really cool little sort of remote control, cheap end, entry level glider with a motor mm. on the back of it. So okay. a single motor on the back of the fuselage, uh-huh. and um, and wings that came three or four in the pack. Okay. So they weren't designed for any major G's. And I pulled <laughs> okay. a few tight sort of maneuvers, and the wings just. <laughs> but really fun and really cheap. Um, I I had one, and a mate of mine had one as well. And we just go up the park and fly them around, dogfight, and it was pretty cool. So hang on, what was it made out of? The body was plastic, but it okay. had foam inside it to give it rigidity. So right. really, like, um, no different to sort of a something that you might have a screwdriver in at a hardware store with the hard plastic oh, that you've okay. got to cut Okay, off. okay. 
and um, a little bit of foam inside to sort of hold its shape. Mm -hmm. And then the wings laid on top and had this rubber band, had this rubber band system that went over the top. And it was remote control with little... Yeah, yeah. It had, um, it had, because it steered at the back, Mm. it was all about the tail. Mm. Because you had this, Mm. you could, you could your, like, it's not, is it your? Is this your? Yeah, roll, pitch, your. Yeah, yeah. Yours, the... The, the rudder. Yeah, yeah, it's rudder. Yeah. And so you can uh, correct with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you steered, the the back flaps on the tail would go like that. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you didn't need... It wasn't a two-channel. I think they call it a one-channel. Um, or they call it a two-channel and then the next step up to have... Um, to be able to do barrel rolls, mm-hmm. you need ailerons. Mm-hmm. You okay. need you need flaps. All right, I'm on, learning things already here on your wings because <laughs> you can't get enough lift. If mm-hmm. if you had that much lift, what'll happen is the tail of because it's on the tail of the mm-hmm. plane, it just it flips, mm-hmm. it sources around like that. You need them on the wings because that's through the center of the gra- center of gravity, and so it rolls properly. So you, you've basically got... <clears throat> That's an extra servo. Yeah, yeah. So you've got fairly cheap versions that are just all set up just to do the basics. Yeah, mm, yeah. Okay. But a lot of fun. Heaps and heaps of fun. And oh, as yeah. a result, I've kept an eye on okay. stuff that's been going on. Now, yeah. I'll be the first to admit that there's some disgusting things in the world that are being done with drones mm. and have been for a while. Mm. I think it's a lazy way to fight a war. Mm. Um, and it detaches you from the emotion of it. Mm. But that's a different argument. Mm-hmm. We don't... Here at Voyage of the Geek, we're above <laughs> uh, the soapbox, the political soapbox, unless it really matters, like when someone screws up a, a passionate movie. A that classic we, movie, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I've kept an eye on it. And over the last sort of 10 or 15 years, there's been some really cool shit. And drones, four, bla- uh, four prop uh, units... Um, quadcopters mm-hmm. and more you know there's there's, there's uh, six eight I've seen some crazy stuff I've seen a guy strapped to a chair on top of about 40 of them <laughs> I think I might have seen that too yeah um, but <clears throat> with great tech in batteries and great tech in motors these mm. brushless motors mm-hmm. incredible power that comes out of these things and and people are getting them to do some pretty cool pretty cool stuff mm. so I wanted to introduce it into the into the ledger the Geekosphere. Into the Geekosphere that we will regularly uh, uh, visit yeah. and keep an eye on for developments and, and newsworthy chat stories and things like that. And so what I wanted to do is go and grab some stuff off, off the web and have a look at um, what the scene is up to lately mm-hmm. and came across some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, the first one I want to show you is, okay, is a great video. It's... it's it's uh, currently at, sitting at 1.98 um, 1.98 million views for this video. And um, I think I've mentioned to you, Dan, that this uh, Jada McLean um, is, I think, this Sea Ulcer, Aerial Media. Yep. And at first I thought, I think, I don't know where it comes from, but this, there's a condition in Australia where when someone else does something really cool and successful, mm-hmm. in Australia we have this reaction with, oh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. almost bitter. Um, Tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Greg Norman, when asked, why do you live in the States? Yeah. Um, he said, because if I drive a really nice car down the street in the States, people go, yeah, man. 
Mm-hmm. In Australia, you go, asshole. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Dickhead. You know, yeah. It's, and, and I think that's inbred into me. So when I saw this, I thought, oh, you're capitalising on something. And then I realised, you're capitalising on something. <laughs> like, that's really cool. And what we're actually talking about is this. I'm not going to um, – it's really important – let me come back here for a sec. It's really important to um, pay attention to this little setup here, right? Drone fishing, mm. long-tailed tuna. And then, so we're seeing some fish under the water here. Clearly, they're seeing this from the drone. And it's this its this next shot. <laughs> That's every coast house, you know, in <laughs> yeah. Australia with, with all this kit on the back deck and stuff all hanging. There's lures and everything. Um, and the ingenuity that you know is going on in this session here. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, they've come up with the idea to strap some bait onto a drone, fly it out to the fish, which could be up to a kilometre out there. Mm -hmm. And the guy back on the beach has got a real powerful game fishing rod Mm -hmm. and he just pulls it in. Um, (laughs) It sounds really cool. It looks even cooler. Okay, so that's the bait on the the Yeah, he's got some squid here, right? And he's dangling this squid on the water. And he's sort of almost lure fishing really slowly. And it's got it. Yeah. And then it, it's they designed a little, um, if you can imagine a little piece of plastic tubing, they've cut into a washer and then snipped the washer in one place. Okay. If you pull that, it's going to go like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It's so simple. It's brilliant. Because okay, you imagine so the, the, your drone's gone if it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't release. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You mean drone fishing, <laughs> like really drone fishing. <laughs> So anyway, that snaps off. Yeah, and you're just left with the the, the, the guy line. with the rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he proceeds to um, uh, reel it in. They get it up on the beach. This that's a great shot there. Um, there's a little section that happens in the video, and I do reckon like people need to go and have a look at the whole video because the mm-hmm. music track's good. And it's really well put together. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Um, and this just after this shot here, they take the, the photo. He's holding the fish, and then he has to lug it. So far, like at least three or four kilometres up a beach and then up through some rocks and cliffs and then down through the sand dunes up to this car park. Yeah. They have to do it in um, stop mo, uh, Not stop mo. was it? Um, a montage. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, yes, that was that was one of the first videos I found on my on my trek and that was a very encouraging sign because it, it indicated people are doing some pretty out-of-the-box stuff with drones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Give people toys and they will play. Absolutely. Now, you haven't seen this, right? Okay. This I found since the the last show. Okay. Now, this is why I asked you to pay attention to that starting section. Okay, so there's another two million views we got happening here. Okay. <laughs> exactly the, the same video, right? <laughs> Except instead of putting a strapping a tuna to the to the drone, yeah, yeah, you guessed it. It's in, it's intense. Oh shit! I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be. It's an octocopter, I think. It's got eight, and the blades are this big on the on the oh, right. copter. And lots, look at this brave guy. Yeah, I know. Both this, of them. this is pretty brave. <laughs> <laughs> and 
like I won't show all of it. This this I love. I love this. The slow mo shots. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just the chainsaw <laughs> hanging. Now have a look at this. This is what cracked me up. Uh-huh. The picture and picture. The uh, the uh, first person <laughs> aspect has to include the blade of the killer. They've got some remote control to start it up. Is that what? That's the deal. I think it's been running the whole time. But the engine's running. It's like the clutch hasn't engaged or something. Oh yeah. Or other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they've got an auto. Mm. Most most chainsaws have got like an auto clutch. Yeah, they'll idle, the, and yeah. then as soon as you go like that, it'll. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll, I'll flick through because once again, I really want people to go and have a look at that video. And these are the guys that actually created the the, the noodle noodle tail. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it says here, contact the makers of the video, and it's noodle tail videos. So. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is first generation. Mm. Um, but yeah, please check it out because they li- he literally starts flying it around, chopping the icicles <laughs> off the roof. Um, and then he starts getting a little bit full on with these uh, like like big killer raids on the snowmen, yeah. taking their heads off and all sorts of stuff. It's a fantastic use of a drone. Although, wouldn't you freak if it was coming towards you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, walking down the street and then suddenly, <laughs> like I just, we should have a look. What's it? Thirty first of know, March. You think about it. Imagine those those tree felling guys who have to set up all these cranes and ladders and stuff. I don't know. Maybe in the future, you know, they'll be just like zip, snip. <laughs> see, the, see this here. Um, yeah. What? This the one I just showed you is the thirty first of March, yep. twenty sixteen, and the drone fishing. Is the twenty eighth of April? What's going on there? Yeah, who? Because they're so similar, aren't they? So how many? How how many? What's the dates apart? Thirty first of April. It's about thirty days, oh. tw- twenty five days, or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. It, you never know. You, they two could have ch- crazy geniuses come yeah, yeah. up with the same idea, and it happens. <clears throat> it can happen. Mm. Uh, that's Depending it, on yeah. the idea, it has to be. Um, a fairly generic same idea. Yeah. So interesting stuff led me to those crazy campers over at Rutgers. Those crazy campers, yeah. yes. They're known for their craziness over at Rutgers, I'm sure. The, the, I don't know much about Rutgers. I think it's in New York, but I could be way off, right? I wouldn't. But I know that I've taught motion capture stuff using biped Mm-hmm. capture um, data from Rutgers. They've got this incredible free online resource okay. for motion capture data. Right. B- BHV, behavioral cap files and, and, and what are they? BVHs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You load them into a for motion builder. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rutgers. So this is absolutely is awesome. Maybe an air. It's a drone that is able to fly and also maneuver underwater. So it's literally a, a new device that was not available before. So we were very lucky to get the uh, Office of Naval Research to find this work. We usually never see vehicles that can do, that can operate in multiple environments. We only see ones that operate in either air, water. This vehicle, you can actually take it. <laughs> and it can go both directions. It's awesome. That That's crazy. The submarine and- what I love about it is um, it it just opens up the doors, doesn't it? The, the one thing, that, and I mentioned it last time I showed you this, it's this looks like it's wired, so I'm still not sure. 
how underwater radio control goes. So this is what we were kind of discussing last time is we were trying to work out that this must be the RC. This is the, the connection to the control. It's not like the power. I, can do I, it's got, I think it's got to be the control. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Maybe one of the cables, because I think there's two that's coming out of it, one of them could actually be sucking air out as a land-based ballast. Oh, right. You suck air out, it, it, it lets water in through a valve, uh -huh. it goes under, and then you blow the air back in. That's how a sub works. Yeah, true, yeah. deploy vehicles from the air that, you know, dive into the water, and then from then on they're in the water, they can't come back out. So what this vehicle does is it, it does all those things. I just it can love get it. out from underwater. I reckon it's awesome. And it can go into the water from the air. So Must be a reason why they've gone for top-bottom so motors, too. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You release point. the vehicle from a bridge, from a, from a boat. Uh, it has a scary aspect to it. Goes underwater, it does Doesn't the job, it? Yeah, true. Because so even though might not, you might not be able to do radio well, control, you can definitely do pre-programmed. So... Now, obviously, when it's up in the air, you know, yeah. the rotors can spin at 100 miles an hour to keep it up in the air, and it's got to go at a different rate when it's in the water. Mm. So, I'm, I don't know. How does that work? Is that automatic? Or does it just spin as fast as it can, and the water just slows it down, and it just does its thing? Maybe the... Oh, no. Yeah, that, I was thinking too. Maybe the bottom ones are the water ones, and the top ones are the yeah, air ones. And when, and when they're not in use, they're in neutral. They're just yeah, sort of getting blown. Or, or, yeah, or they're there, but they just don't do very much. Yeah. I don't know. So but, that's that's what the crazy crazy guys at Rutgers are doing. I, I think that's um, <laughs> that's an interesting space, remote control um, underwater. It's one thing that you never used to see on the toy shelves is, an, is a remote control sub. Yeah. And I, that's yeah. why I, I sort of looked into it yeah. and found that getting the radio signal through the water is not easy. Right. Normally a sub has to surface that's true. in order to radio home. That's true. Um, yeah, they... It'll, it's the density of something. It's no, it'll just, reflect off the surface. Yeah, it does. It'll reflect. Is, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't well, know. it's dense. It's got, to, conclude, it's got to be honest with you. Push its, that energy, the radio energy, has to push its way through a denser That's probably a denser thing. Yeah, that's a possibility. Just like us swimming. You know, it's the same shit. You, different density doesn't act the same. You can't travel through it the same way. And it's the same with radio waves. Sound also doesn't travel well underwater. Sound travels, I think, pretty well oh. underwater. Some sound because it's more it's dense. The water's dense. Subsonic sound does wide waves. Mm, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. It tra travels further. That's and probably why pitched. whales don't yeah. have don't have Tweety Bird noises. They have whales sounding things. Your truth may uh, your truth mileage may always vary on Voyage of the Geeks. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm still keen to put up the uh, my original idea for the wallpaper. Which is spurious facts found within. Because rest assured, if we're unsure, we will make it up. <laughs> yes. And we will state it as fact. <laughs> this, I found, this is not a recent video. It's... Um, look at this guy. Hang yeah, on, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right Let's you're just right. take a moment. What has he got coming out of his eyeballs? <laughs> this, this is an FPV or a first-person viewer. Viewer. Um, and this is this is early days actually. Uh, I this video was sort of posted twenty fourteen, but I think I remember yeah. seeing it maybe a year or so before that. But even if it's twenty fourteen, this scene has come a long way. But this was one of the first ones. I think Ryan actually pointed this one out. Mm. Um, it's guys racing drones through a forest. I believe it's in France. 
hence the Star Wars indoor thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And when you see it, you very quickly. Have I got that at the wrong speed? No, normal speed. Yeah, when you look at it like this, instantly you're taken to um, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, aren't you? Yep. There's something about whipping through tall, slim, uh, slim trees at that speed. Yeah. Um, the forest. Because I think if you whipped a drone through an Australian forest, bush forest, not mm. a rainforest, it, it wouldn't look the same. No. There's something about these trees. There's pine, I think there are a lot of pine. Yep. But... Uh, I, as soon as I saw that one's got three blades, I think um, three yeah. props. As soon as I saw this, I thought th- that's a sport. Mm. Like that's got to be a sport, and I think it is for these guys. This is early days, and and man, and they're flying it. And this is the this is where we come into the main subject that that I've been fascinated about recently is this first person viewing flying of drones. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bloody crazy. With cameras mounted on the front of of the drone. Yep. And so the only reality that that pilot has is what he sees through that camera. Mm. That's intense, man. But I I have seen how you can train your visual acuities to do things at a faster speed. It's how batsmen can face uh, a, a pace bowler mm-hmm. bowling 160 kilometers an hour or, or a pitcher in baseball, mm. they do it every day and they train their visual acuities to see little tiny nuanced movements while the ball, as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand, mm. that if it goes this way and then the way it's curling and everything and it, all that shit's going on in a fraction of a second and then their visual acuities are so sharp, in sharp mm-hmm. that they can do it. And it's the same with these guys. So that led me to this one here. And what this is... So this is recent, right? This this is a time trial event as a lead up to a major world event held in Dubai, which mm-hmm. I'll show you in a second. But this, I think, gives you a really good mm. indication of the talent mm. that these guys have. And when I watched that fly through that <laughs> building for the first time, it 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 just blew me away. Mm. Um, these and just the way they f- flip. At the top of the uh, to to bring it down to the ground. So we were discussing this in the last one that mm. as part of the track they have to go up and over a tree, mm. then to come down the other side. Yep. They don't just sort of turn off the power and let it sort of hover down. Yep. They turn it upside down, and, and then ex- ramp the power, <laughs> accelerate, which pulls it down to the ground, <laughs> yeah. and then they flip back over. Yeah. And it all happens in about a third of a second. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's insane. And if you think, if you see it, you might even doubt what you saw until you see the way he lands it at the end of the two mm. laps or three laps. This. Oh. It's, <laughs> it is just unbelievable. And a, a celebration of the capabilities of everyday, need I say, potentially nerds, mm. yeah, geeks. Mm. And what I'm seeing before my eyes is a world sport that involves adrenaline. You can gamble on it. It's got all the, the hallmarks of a successful Skill. world. Skill. And and geeks can be successful. You don't have to be buff. You don't you know what I mean? <laughs> like you can be you can come from anywhere. Mm. And you can be on the Grand Prix circuit yeah. sort of thing. And that's why I want to support it. I want to really um really jump behind these guys. So this 
And I'll just sort of skip through. I'll show you the, the, the first little section, then I'll skip through a little bit. This is a Bloomberg uh, report. All right, so this is in Dubai, so we're not messing around here, right? Yep. Absolutely. It's not in somebody's backyard. There's some there's some dollars that have been spent here. The course... That's what happens. Let me just come back here a second. This course, all of those are animated. Yeah, yeah. And they're all, they've all got lights all on the tips, and yeah. it's on a big... Tra like, <laughs> my guess would have to be tens of millions minimum. Mm. Tens of millions to put on an event like this. Mm. I would say th maybe 20, maybe 30. I have no way of judging, but... Especially dressing all the guys in the, uh, in the well, jumpsuits. You can see here they've got That's what happens. prize money. I I and it's a one... Yeah. Creatures. Okay. Yeah. Fair respect. enough. So now, all the LEDs and stuff is amazing. I mean, it's not only just that flying the drones is cool, sure they've then made it look cool on top of being cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's your average team. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, just, just a motley crew of... <laughs> Most of them, you've got to be smart. I mean, the entry. I think the entry level is you've got to have some kind of intellect because you usually have to build your, uh, your first drone, mm. your, your, your first racing drone. Mm. They come in bits. Mm. And I think internally they probably frown on people that don't build their own sort of thing. They're, they've pride themselves on their kit mm. and on their tech. But, yeah, I love the fact that that is the future of a world sport <laughs> yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, It's brilliant. Um You'd probably have to have it being tweaked and customized yep. a lot to make it competitive. Absolutely. And if you if you go and check out this, uh, it's it, the video is called "Go Inside the World's First One Million Dollar Drone Race," hmm. and it's a Bloomberg video, um, but you'll find it on YouTube. Have a look at the whole video because it's fascinating. What you'll find is there's little there's guys starting to circulate around the pits mm. and talk to the drivers exactly the same way the tyre manufacturers do for <laughs> Formula One mm. or the or the um, the carbon fibre monocoque fabricators and stuff like that. They, they want to know what the drivers are doing and mm. what do you need out there because there's an old saying that you, you race on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah, right. And you don't have to necessarily <clears throat> win, but if you win on Sunday, sell a lot on Monday. Mm. Yeah? Mm. So... They they invest money into the pro level so that the consumers can get all of this stuff that they get cheap. It's not the mm. it's sort of carbon fiber, you know. It's sort of this. It's the lesser, um, and that's perfectly natural. And that's an indicator that this is a, actually a real thing. Mm. And I think I've, I've I've said to you before those guys that um, that walk around the the pits area. They they're young. They're twenty two years old, twenty three. They're going to be very wealthy people because they're the same guys that existed when automobiles started racing. Mm. You know what I mean? They're, yeah, yeah. There were little industries that mm. popped off it. Yeah, you can probably draw parallels, right? And there's money in mm. that in that pro level. Mm. Everything costs money. Mm. As soon as you, as soon as it's it's racetrack quality, mm. it goes through the roof. Price yeah, yeah. goes through the roof. for a bolt for a nut. Everything <laughs> is. It's like boats. Put yeah. the word boat in front of it, and it you double it, triple it, and cost. So imagine the potential that they have here to set themselves up for life as as independent little manufacturers of the chassis or the 
or the 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 goggles or whatever. It'd be interesting to see because um, you could imagine that this is the type of sport that doesn't cost as much as car racing. Oh, I don't know. It depends. You know, you could probably buy a six hundred dollar beat up car and go and race it. But yeah, but I don't, I don't think know. I don't think the comparison <clears throat> can hold up the other way. Mm. Like this, yeah, that's right. Like the car racing, they're just crazy money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll be a long time. But we tapped onto this the other day. Um, actually, well, let me throw this next one up. So this, this I think is an independent event. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I have to check into it whether it's a league. I thought, I think it was like an invitational sort of event that had, um, you either had to send a video or compete at a local sort of thing okay. to to. Qualify. qualify. Yep. Yeah. Um, this one, though, this is the Drone Racing League. Now, I've deliberately brought up their site instead of YouTube mm. um, because I personally think it's an awesome website. Like, mm. the way it's put together is absolutely stunning. Um, you can tell somebody knows what they're doing with mm. design and the images they choose and, and just in general. Um and these guys are getting some traction because of some really cool video sessions that they've had. They took over a stadium. And we'll kick this thing off so we can see what we're talking about. They took over a stadium and had an event. This is this is like round one of a championship sort of thing. Mm. And they fly through this stadium. I, at first, I just thought they were just flying around on top of the seats yep. with some maybe some uh, uh, cutouts that they have to fly through. Mm-hmm. Then they started to actually duck down inside the actual stadium and they're flying in amongst the pillars that hold the stadium up yeah. and where they de- deliver all the hot dogs. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then they emerge back out <laughs> and the whole time it's there's smoke in the air. They, It's a total production. Have a look at that. How sick mm-hmm. is that? Yeah. Four-man um, four heats, eliminators, mm. and then they finally get it to a final. And um, there is a video, you can watch the full video of the event mm. with all the heats, all, so you can see the full heats and the final. Yep. It's a great way to spend an hour if you if you just want to put the foot, feet up and not think. Man. I like, I like what they've said there, Twitch meets Formula One. It's like, that sums it up so much, doesn't it? Well, we were talking about it the other day, and especially when you look at, uh, you look at video like this. And w- if you're there live... You see this little tiny pin spot of light yeah, yeah. that disappears mm. behind things and goes under things, and and it's not like a car. There's no roar of an engine of a car, so you can hear it coming or anything. You know, yeah. you, and and live, it would probably be incredibly boring, especially if they're going inside the yeah. the underneath the stadium and stuff. But as a virtual event where you can jump from one drone to the next. And we were talking about even the potential of a chase drone that is like a chopper that can, yeah. that can cover the, the action from, from wide out. Mm. Um, I would tune into that shit every week. I would be loyal to watch that because that is just insane, man. Yeah, yeah. At those speeds, to be travelling like that and at any moment, I can, that's concrete. That's steel. Like, I, we're going to get ripped apart here if, if we get too close. And they, they just keep going at that speed. And so what we were saying last week as well is that they're not going to put any... Well, we don't know. I don't know. But yeah. they're not probably going to put any people in the stadium. They're just using that as the venue. Yeah. All the people are going to be everywhere on Twitch watching it from home. Absolutely. Yeah. And you rarely see a person in the footage. 
Yeah, yeah. Really, so it's like the, remote control, uh, remote presentation, remote viewing VR. I don't know. There'll be a Twitch VR in the future, right? And, and you've got the VR goggles on. Yeah, yeah. And you'll have a VR version of Twitch, and you'll be able to first person watch the at the moment races. You can get away with four camera, three sixty rig, but yeah. you don't. You've, you 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 don't get much top and bottom. You're going to lose out top and bottom, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you can. What you can do is use four cameras slightly adjusted up, and then a one camera on the bottom. Okay, and they stitch together as a fair, with a, just a sky hole mm-hmm. at the top. Mm-hmm. When they get that into a small portable sort of thing, because at the moment the smallest I think he can get is four GoPros mounted into this block. I think people 3D print them. Okay. And they all lock in and you get this square. That's what you're left with is a square that you can put on a tripod or whatever. Okay, so you can imagine that that's coming. Right? Has to come. Somebody's inventing that yeah. as we speak. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Humans, we either go, right, build it bigger mm. or build it smaller mm. relative to what we need, but we rarely leave it where it is. And in this case, it's got to be smaller. Yeah, so somebody will invent some small... We should go and do a bit of research for another show in the future. A small little VR box that will have a camera pointing in every direction and you can just glue this onto things, hook it up to your quadcopter, stick your chainsaw on the bottom and you've got your crazy invention that you've... uh... Absolutely. (laughs) Get this, though. If if they do that, right, if they put a a 360 camera mounted on one of these things, first of all, the driver gets Mm -hmm. instant um, immersion like you can, he gets full sort of enc- yeah, yeah. encompassing uh, data <clears throat> and he can virtually move around in it, which mm-hmm. means he can tight go tighter corners. There's a whole bunch of stuff that he can do because mm. most of the time they have to look straight ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so you put a 360 camera on it and you broadcast those on separate channels, yeah, pay-per-view yeah. or whatever the yeah. hell you want to do, online, Twitch. Yeah. Um, now, you and I, we're sitting in our own home control room. Yeah, that's right. And you've got a computer jacked in to, this, to the signal so have I. And we can literally broadcast our own broadcast of it <laughs> yeah, yeah. by going from drone to drone to wide shot to mm-hmm. all the different shots. Mm. That's pretty awesome. You know, there's been a big revolution that, I don't know, we've watched. I mean, remember back in the day when there was desktop, this thing called desktop publishing. Yeah, yeah. And that was a printer yeah. on your friggin' desk. <laughs> it was called desktop publishing. Yeah. It's this amazing thing. You can have, instead of having a, a giant machine the size of a building that's filled with ink, you can have desktop pub- publishing, you know. And we're now in the in that in that zone with lots of different things like desktop television shows where you're the TV producer zapping between yeah. different cameras and stuff to... Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing to think that you can... You can you can do that, like you can just pluck the signal from an event like that, mm. and and do that. We have the tech to do that now mm. with the cameras. Mm. They would have to have bigger propellers and things like that. Mm. Yes, so I'm entering the drone scape mm. into the geekosphere. Mm. That is our wiki page. Mm-hmm. And speaking of our wiki page, I think it's a good opportunity for you to blast it open. And All show right. me what you've been up to. Um, our our uh, Mindomo mind map of the show. So what we've got here is um, 
a piece of software, mind mapping software. So we're just going to sort of collect this neural network of crazy things that we've been researching and thinking about. Um, and we'll publish this and allow people to go and check it out, you know. So um, it's got a bunch of nodes here and we'll set up this sort of node neural network thing where you can sort of go down and you can bury down into, burrow down into um, different topics that we're going to talk about. So we've got the gaming one up, we've got the film one up. We were talking about Ghostbusters beforehand. Um, so the one that I wanted to talk about was... Um, Elite Dangerous. So if I click on this, it'll take now, me to into qualify the, the discussion. Mm. It's important to note that we are we are card carrying members of the Elite Dangerous. We are commanders, uh, yes. so to speak. <laughs> Something that I've never been comfortable <laughs> with. The way everyone's referred to as a commander, and and even in the forums and things like that, it's commander, Dan, whatever your call sign is. Yeah, yeah. It's a um, bit of a geeky sort of yeah, a fun well, sort of a thing associated with I've, it. You got to fight not to say it's a it's a bit of a wank. <laughs> I was fighting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and because it, the game takes itself very seriously, but we've we've had a really good, enjoyable relationship, but it also less than enjoyable. I started off playing elite. Through VR. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we were just talking about beforehand, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So one of the guys that I worked with said, hey, I've got a VR thing going on. You know, it's the Oculus. You want to check it out? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess. Why not? Why the hell not? So <clears throat> stuck on the goggles and he fired up Elite Dangerous. And so that means that suddenly you're transported inside a spaceship and you're Commander Dan or whatever. And, um, and it was damn cool. You know, it was yeah. really, really, really cool. Yeah. Um, you look around the cockpit, and it was rock solid as well. Mm. Um, so it didn't skip. You Absolutely. Know. There was no lag. This, yeah, this is the Oculus doing its thing. A DK2. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, you could look around, and the world was just rock solid, and it wouldn't move. And that's the thing that I was looking for, because if the world suddenly jitters left or right or you whatever, yeah, you, you lose your... Yep. So, anyway, it was rock solid. And, um, and pretty. And pretty, and uh, you could kind of see your fake, you know, CG hands in front of you, which is a bit of a freak out. That's that's yeah. kind of cool. And your legs and everything. Like yeah. you see everything except for your head, which you can't see anyway because your yeah. eyes are in it. <laughs> yeah. You, if you can, you can get up out of the seat and look back at yourself in the seat, the the avatar of you, and it's headless. They yeah. didn't. They didn't even model the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's surreal, isn't it? Yeah. So as soon as I finished that, I thought. Well, I'm buying Elite. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and bought Elite. I oh, was the same. That's yeah. exactly oh, how no, I right. could, except um, um, the same guy, Dale, yeah. stuck the headset on me mm. in the classroom because we were letting students actually have a, a crack at it as okay. well. Okay. And I was hooked within mm. 10 minutes. Mm. It was, he, I didn't know about the centralised account thing. That, that you're a commander that actually has a reputation in the universe. Oh, yeah. And I exited the um, space station and just started oh, okay. shooting people. And, <laughs> oh, right, and okay. Dale was not happy because... <laughs> it was on his account. <laughs> it was on his, his account. account. Okay. Yeah. But so I you, did the same thing. I, I ran out and bought it. The same. Ruined his rep reputation. All right. So on the the show previously, we were also... Went off into another little tangent because, um, as we've already alluded to, um, there's some good things about Elite and there's some not so good things about Elite. Which uh, I suppose is not really the topic of this discussion. No. Um, but, yeah, I was looking for a word 
right? I was looking for a word to describe when you both like something and hate something. Mm. And I was like, gee, wouldn't it be handy if the actual English language had one of those friggin' words? <laughs> Stupid English language doesn't have a word for what I want to say. And I think your your quote was, because I was almost tempted to go and look look in, in a German dictionary because yeah. they've usually got a word for everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so yeah. Um, turns out there is a word. Yeah. And the word is ambivalent. Um, it's, and I love this word since you've educated me on it. I don't think I've ever used it. Um, and didn't thoroughly understand until you told me what it meant. And go ahead, give us the definition. And if I, if I'd before looking up the actual definition, wanted to actually describe what it meant, I would have thought it meant meh. Mm. It meant in between. I couldn't care either way. Yeah, I couldn't care either way. But it's actually the complete opposite of that. All right. Yep. So the word when you break it down. Um, Ambidextrous. You know what ambidextrous means? Yeah. It means both. both. Ambi. Left and yeah. one and other. Yeah, yeah. So ambivalent is ambivalent and valency is like something in chemistry and it's yeah. a strength. So it's um it's both strength, ambivalence, yeah. ambivalence. And so that's um yeah kind of what I feel a bit about um, Elite Dangerous, which is actually makes it a little bit more fascinating yeah. because you get to go rah, 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 but you also get to grumble as well. Yeah. And uh, and I'm exactly the same. We're, yeah. we're, we're both exactly the same. And we play the game totally differently. Yeah. I, I, I'm a hunter. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. That's I'm a true. hunter. I, yeah. I, I, I kill. I, I play fair. I don't rob people. <laughs> I'm not a um, pirate. You know what I mean? I don't steal. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't blow you up and then steal your gold. I'll let yeah. it float in there. I'm blowing you up because you had a bounty. I kind of like when some of the uh, some you know commanders come up and they they um, they attack you, right? Yeah. And you know that they're going to attack you. And to sort of respond to what you just said, you know, yeah. they say this is a robbery, not yeah. a murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. It happened to me. You you got you got me into long haul rares, like yeah. going for rare goods out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and I went out to buggery, man, and I and I was full to the brim, mm. and it was it was going to be. A ridiculous twenty million dollar payday sort of thing. It was crazy. Yeah, and I got I got held up, and it, I I was I was green. I didn't know. And he said, "Drop, drop your cargo, and you can live." Mm-hmm. And I'm a hunter, right? Like I'm a. <laughs> it's it's guns first. <laughs> Red mist descended. Yeah. So as soon as I squeezed the trigger once, so there would have been at least five bullets that maybe left the gun. Yeah. I was crippled. I, I had no like he blew me out, out of the sky. So I'm having to buy another ship. I lost my thirteen million. Yeah. That's I had to buy worst. all that stuff yeah, too. That's the worst. Um, so I stopped trafficking rares around the galaxy. But yeah, we we both have a very ambivalent relationship with Elite Dangerous. So we can talk about that a little bit more perhaps in some future thing, but I really wanted to focus on something else. Um, our first, actually, actually before focus, of course, detour. That's mm-hmm. the, the way that uh, we operate here. So this is the, um, the wiki page. Um, this is the uh, original version of Elite. And another thing that I want to research... From 1980... 1984. 84. Um, and now I remember playing this back in 1984. So this is part of my... On the, on the Commodore right? 64, yeah, I yeah, think we developed. I probably even remember down here, this is what I really actually reacted to, down the side here, which you might, might, might not be able to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I got it's it. Some of the computer magazines from back in the day. Yeah. Is it? Is it here? Yeah. 
Um, and anyway, it's getting a, it's getting a, you know, it's a nine out of ten. It's getting, yeah, this one here, Golden Joystick Award. Yeah, yeah, for, and Z Zap magazine. Z Zap. I don't know how you even pronounce it. Yeah. Um, the Z Zap sixty four. And yeah, I used to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to read that magazine like yeah. It's, and look, there's it's dual platform. C sixty four ninety seven percent, and uh, Amiga ninety eight percent. Right, nine out of tens up and down the board. Dual platform. Well, I I never played it when I was on mm. Commodore sixty four. Mm. Um, I don't think I ever got a game working on the useless friggin' thing. So once on the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, no, I just went and played football. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> you know how you used to have cassettes to yeah. store data? Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I used to do? Okay, now nobody listen to this because this is this is piracy, fuck. This is actually piracy. Yeah. I used to have, you know those, back in the day, okay, and this is only people who know this stuff, there used to be cassette recorder thingies mm. that you used to buy and you used to sit, you know, you sit them on your shoulder, right? You walk down the street That's and right. cassette, and it's yeah. this big boombox. For your boombox, yeah. Right, yeah. right. And the one that I had had two, two. cassettes. Jewel, and with a recorder. For one to the other. They called that dubbing. They did. And... They got so good at it that some of those boomboxes came out with high-speed dubbing. Oh, I don't think I remember that. Yeah, so you could literally pirate the content <laughs> yeah. at high speed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't above doing that. So you that, were ripping so... all the programs yeah, for, the, yeah. for the C64. Yeah, I don't know quite what I was doing, to be honest with you, because I'd already bought them. Yeah. I was making copies or something. But you, anyway... You were probably selling them to your mates. Oh, I... <laughs> I think I was mostly fascinated with the fact that you could actually you put could the do t- it. You could yeah, do yeah. it. You could, yeah. you could, yeah, hack and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, what I wanted to actually just talk about here is the game itself, because uh, specifically the size, the size of the game. Now, remember, this is still a diversion. We're still in diversion territory here. I don't know how big the game is. Yeah. But here on the on the website, they're talking a little bit about um, about it. Um, and how it was made, uh, and they're talking about using up the last few bytes of the computer. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Um, they're also talking about the development, about how it was kind of a a shooter. Yeah. Okay. And this is wireframe graphics. We're yeah. talking su- this this type of thing. Asteroids. Yeah, asteroids. Um, but David Braben, who invented this, had actually. Um, he was actually rendering 3D objects with the the wireframe, right? Yeah. So it's not 2D flat it's, surface. It's, it's asteroid in in its line vector. Yeah. It's pre bitmap. Oh yeah, yeah. Pre pre raster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely three dimensionality is there. It's wireframe 3D. So he's got a um a, a sort of a shooter game, which is essentially two laser beams and a spaceship flies in front of you and you shoot. Yeah. Then next, what he clicks onto it is a universe. Uh, a as it says here, I think he has a seven galaxy, two fifty six star per galaxy universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can c- kind of understand why there's two fifty six stars yeah. because he's he's really compacting this down into. Yeah. And he's 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 managing that procedural right. s- space in such a small uh, data format. So, and then he he has the trading module I think that goes with it. So. Once you put all those three things together, that means that you can fly through 256 stars times seven galaxies, trade and shoot. Yeah. And And each star has, like, you can stop at each star. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, But those are not, those are 
procedurally generated. Yeah. So yeah. they're never stored anywhere. No. It's just when you get to a location, it calculates what its name will be. Yeah. And every time you go to the same location, it calculates the same name. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so all of that, that game compacts right down. And it says here, now I want to find out sometime in the future, but on disks. So we're talking about on floppy disks. Yeah, 1.4. Megs. 1.44. Right, you've got images that are bigger than one point four megs. Nowadays, very, very rarely is an image smaller than one point four megs. Yeah, yeah, um, that's crazy small. That's right. And they're they're the little square plastic. No, no, they would have been the post floppy. Um, oh, the, the floppy. floppy ones. I'm pretty sure they'd, they'd be the floppy ones. It would be. Yeah. So they're the they're the not what were they still one point four four meg? I think approximately. Yeah. 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 Nine inch. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Like LPs. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's what we're talking about. Yep. Um, and this is, this is why, you know, Zed Zap magazine is like, holy shitballs, you yeah. know, and they're giving it 98 out of 100. Yeah. So it's bloody epic. And it's it's had a very strong following since then. And it's, again, one of these nostalgia things where, and I kind of got into it partially because of the nostalgia thing as well. Mm. Um, and this is something we should t touch on a little bit in the future, is that what they've done is they've upgraded the graphics. So we'll go and visit this, which is going to lead us into our actual story. Video. Um, you can see here that, you know, they've updated the graphics. The graphics are, are really fancy. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, is that one? Yeah. Yeah. So they've updated the graphics really, really good. And this is where the, the ambivalent bit comes in for me, is yeah. that it's probably the game design that's still lacking behind. Yeah. Aesthetically, it's stunning. It's, it's, yeah. Its sound field is beautiful. Uh, that's one of the very good, the very strong things about the game is the sound design. And that's one of the topics that we're, we're, there, we're heading now. Yeah. So um, they've got, in the original game, they've got the Thargoids, yeah. which have about the cheesiest name ever invented for yeah. an alien race. Like the, the elite universe is, is all human-centric. Yep. But yeah, there's there's an alien presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Thargoids. Yeah. All right, so they've been kind of teasing. Well, not really teasing, but you know everybody's expecting that the Thargoids are going to turn up in the new game. Of course, as you do. Um, and so what they've been doing um, is they've been uh, so there's no aliens in the game, and so they're starting to tease alien things. So what I'm going to do is play you a little bit of a video here about this um, particular particular commander who's flying out in, in the depths of space somewhere. Oh, perhaps we better back, back, backtrack and tell everybody. What he's doing. Well, no, just the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. because the previous one had seven galaxies times 256. Yeah. Well, we've upgraded a little <laughs> since then. <laughs> and right? then some, yeah. So now we've only got one galaxy. Yeah. So we're just going to have to accept that there's only one, going to be one galaxy. Yeah. But um, there's now... Uh, 400 million stars yeah. in the galaxy. And, and, and a lot of those stars have multiple planets. Yeah. And star and... They're binary star systems. And a ports lot of them anyway. and, yeah. planet, and um, planetary landing on some of those planets. And yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a big universe. And it's also modelled off our own universe. And, in, and even though it's procedural... It's, it, it's procedurally accurate. Yeah, it's procedurally accurate. Yeah. And it incorporates the known data... Yeah. For, so they've taken some sort of star map from starmap.com. Yeah, yeah. And that informs the procedure, but also 
forms the known space. So there's Alpha Centauri and whatever, yeah. and they're actually what they are. The the way things behave relative to Big Bang and all that, like location within the, the galaxy, yeah, yeah. that's plottable yeah, you yeah. Know, to within a tolerance. And yeah, they just yeah. work within those tolerances based on what they know. So we've got 400 million stars and you can fly around in between them and, and the humans inhabit just this little tiny bubble. Um, and anyway... Alien artifacts have been turning up, Dave. Yes, in the universe. So, Down on planets. Um, well, um, barnacles. There's barnacle things. All right, but before that, little things have been floating around in space. So that's what this guy's looking at here. Yeah, is a um, is a little object floating around in space. Now, um, these objects have been like emitting sounds, and um, people have been scratching their head as to what it means. Yeah, um, and then they found some some stuff on, on some planets. So we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, so what I want to do now is I'll just play this video. Yeah. Um, now, remember that there was different ways of playing this game. Yes. That's another one of the good things about, about the game is that you were the hunter. Yeah. Right? And I was, have, I was a bit more of an explorer. I you liked. were an explorer trucker. Yeah, yeah. Explorer trader. You made a living out of lugging stuff, but only because you wanted to go somewhere and explore it. Yeah. And you got to make the bucks, man. you got to have the good ship. Yeah. And then there's the mining there's mine, so you can be a mine, you can be a pirate, okay, yep. whatever. So there's this guy, and he's got a few mates. And what are they? Well, they're scientist nerds. Yeah. And they're going to dedicate <laughs> the rest of their lives yeah. to work it, to work it out what the hell's going on with yep. the Thargoids and all of this. Um, so I don't know what these guys do. They're geeks. They spend all of their weekend flying around space, talking <laughs> to each other, scratching their chin, yeah. and investigating these things and using different ways to try and work out what the hell's going on. So this guy's come across this thing and he's going to um, check it out and we'll so he's, just... he's going to scan it, yeah? Yeah, so what he's going to do at the moment, I'm just playing the video on silent at the moment, but then we'll hit the sound in a sec. So he's going to scan the thing using his ship's scanners. So I don't know when to, to start it. I'll start it about now yeah. um, and then we're just going to have a bit of a listen to it. So it's just getting organized. You'll hear the scanner, which makes a particular noise. It's a big inception noise. Oh, okay, so here he goes. So this is the scan. So well done, man. Like if I was, I, if I was out there and I'm, I've, everyone's gone to bed mm -hmm. and I've got the surround sound right, and I'm doing that, yeah, yeah, and that sound starts talking, I would be spun out like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Especially the way it kicks the whole ship sideways and kills all the power. Yeah, yeah. So the sound design is is very cool. And so just to sort of recap, he scanned the thing and then. Um, you know, it kind of took over his ship and it shut down the ship, and then it it broadcast this weird sound, mm. and then everything went back to normal. All right, 
So this is kind of happening, right, you know, very recently, and, and this has got 92,000 views because this guy put it up on the internet and he's like, hey, look what I found, look what I found, and everybody's, everybody's kind of kind of going crazy about it. So let's investigate a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, the first thing I want to do is go over to the, the forum. There's a forum about it up on the, the Frontier. So Frontier Forum. So then there's, you know, there's going to be 4 million posts, and there's this, this is this, um, you know, breaking news, blah, blah, blah. Um, and these are the this this sort of scientific gamer geek community that's yeah. like right like their to, newsletter yeah 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 and they're sort of this is also where they're gathering their data and they're yeah discussing it and everything um also um we'll there, there there's what I've got here is the BBC so it kind of made it to BBC because they found the the message yeah. inside the sound because there's a message inside it, right? Yeah. So, and so they found it. So, um, so n now what I want to do is just go on a little bit of an exploration and just check out yeah. what they found yeah. um, and what's going on. So, um, so our next stop will be SoundCloud. So somebody's posted it up on um, SoundCloud. So let's just see. This is the scan. There it goes. So this is the ship powering down. And that's the message. Um, so there's 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 that, that message there's a some sort of coded message yeah, hidden yeah, in there. Yeah. So how are the geeks gonna find this damn message? They're gonna have to pull this thing apart and I don't I don't know what they're gonna do. But because they're geeks and they're on the internet, they found the message. So the next thing I'm going to do is show you um, how they found it. And what they've done is, uh, let's maybe go to the BBC. We'll let them sort of um, show us the, the results. And this is the message here that they've found. And the way that they did it is, these are the geeks, yeah, right? Yeah. They, they spectrally analysed... <laughs> The sound wave, the snipped out sound wave. It's not serious if it's not spectral. <laughs> That's right. That gives it the scientific credibility, <laughs> right? So anyway, this makes it up onto BBC News. Um, players probe elite game space mystery, blah, 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 blah. And so we see different things in here. So what we're going to do now is we're going to follow in the footsteps of giants and we'll we'll have a, have a bit of a go at it ourselves. So, what I've got is a spectral analyzer, a spectrum analyzer. This is, is this an online me? one? This is an online. This one. This is awesome. So you don't even have to install it. Nope. So you can just go and 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 yeah, you can just go to the link and have a go. So then what I've done is I've also downloaded and snipped out the alien message. Just the message. Just the message from the okay. alien. So if I just um, right before your very eyes. Choose this sound. Um, I need to turn on this one as well. And then I think if I just press play, we can see it happening. Um, yeah. Here it comes. Okay, so here's the message. And we can see 
there's definitely something inside the message. Absolutely. So <clears throat> just to sort of give a better idea of what you're looking at here, I should have actually turned that off. But anyway, if we go back to um, the BBC so we can see the message, what we're looking at is, is these are the frequencies inside the sound, inside the sound waves. Yep. So there are low frequencies, which are the low sounds. There are high frequencies with little tinkly high sounds. Yep. Um, and when you map them out mm. on a spectral analysis, mm. you get these patterns appear. Yeah. And so this is what they've encoded into the into the sound waves, and this is how the guys found it. Next question: How do they do it? Yeah. And uh, what does it all mean? Yeah, yeah. What's it all about? Okay, so what is it all about? Well, there's another thing that they found in the game is there's a whole bunch of planets, a small number of planets, that have these strange alien, um, I don't know, they kind of look like alien plants. They're called barnacles. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. Okay. So They just sort of come up out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can land next to them and take your moon buggy out and check them out. Yeah, yeah. And these scientist dudes from this geek scientist thing have been poking and prodding and Are shooting they? lasers yeah. and scanning yeah. and trying to work out... Shoot what it! They, yeah, yeah, shoot it. <laughs> trying to work out what they are and what they do. Yeah. Um, so the two factors are we've got these barnacles on the planet and we've got the, the, the message. message. Now, the message appears to have a circular thing yep. with an arrow thing. Yep. And this is generally interpreted to mean by people who interpret images... Yeah. That this is a planet, um, and it's referring to the barnacles. Okay. But the interesting thing is that the players found the barnacles before they found the message. Yeah. Telling you to go and look for the barnacles in a in a galaxy with four hundred million stars in it. <laughs> so what I think, and this is not what I think, this is what people think yeah. is, the, is the deal is that yeah. the the game developers at Elite they put together this message in the sound. Yeah. Figuring that people would find that first. Yeah, and, and it would lead them to, to the, the barnacle planet. Yeah. So now they're in a position where they've got this fascinating thing, but it has no purpose anymore because <laughs> they've already found yeah. the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has that been confirmed yet? No, no, I wouldn't. It, not to the best of my knowledge. So it still might not be. Still might not be. Nothing's ever confirmed because it's just you can see what this is. Yeah. And your guess is what that means is as good as anybody else's, really. Would you, if it was your company, if you were Braven, right? is it Braven? It's yeah, Braven. Yeah, yeah, If you were Braven mm. and you know what you just told me mm. to be the truth, that, mm. that the players have found them out of order, mm -hmm. but now I have this fascinating message that no one knows what it means. Mm -hmm. Would you change what it was to start with to suit the, the circumstances now and lead them to another planet somewhere else with another message potentially, would you? Well, how would you spin it? Because I know I know which way I'd go. Well, well, I would like to think that I'm such a friggin' genius that I'd have. <coughs> that they wouldn't have found it. No, 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 no. That I'd have all those steps planned out ahead, and you know we'd we'd have options to deal with the like, situation. Like a game of chess. Yes, um, that's a good way to look at the game. Are they doing that and we're just playing against a, a player that infuriates us? <laughs> Are they manipulating the board, the the, the, the way the, the game is structured as a game itself? Are they on the other side of the table of this strategy game? They are to a certain extent because they have to manipulate events in the galaxy to try and inspire people to play it and have interesting things go on. 
It's their bread and butter. Yeah, that's true. They make money out of yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. So there is some of that. Some of that. So what would have to happen? I know which way I'd go. Okay, so which I would, way would you? I would absolutely treat it as a starting point. Oh, we meant that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I would have, I would employ people specifically to take the fall to 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 be the person that went out with the press release saying, "Oh yeah, we did that." Mm. Just. I'd employ them specially for that. <laughs> um, this is absolutely brilliant. It's the it's the use of audio mm. to create imagery mm. to lead you. It's an X marks the spot, so it's got mm. mystery. Mm. You know, the number one buzzword in marketing is is the question mark. Mm. You know, it's the it's the mystery. It's it's and it's so alluring. So this is good. Mm. They need to do this. Mm. I think it, it needs to. Too much we create recreate the reality. I need more reality. I need more story arc to play off. Yeah, Every, in, in, and it needs to be omnipresent. Yeah, can't be. It always feels like it's over there. Yeah, you yeah. know, you you pull up into a space station, you look at the notice board, and, it, and it'll tell you you check the galnet or whatever, and mm. it's about it's always something over there. Mm. Um. Especially the important stuff. Okay, now we're getting off on a bit of a tangent, but yeah. um, these type of games, these procedurally generated games, they still lack something, right? No Man's Sky, you know, this game that's going to come out. It's out. It's out, yeah. okay. I don't know what it's going to be like, but it's still got the same problem. It's like, what are you doing? Why? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, no, no. We have four billion stars. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's but, great, it's great. <laughs> But what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and so what it's doing, it's designing the world, but mm. it's not designing the game. Yeah. And it's the same with other things. You can go online and get something that'll design music or it'll design or something. Yeah. But it still kind of lacks that soul. It's the world is only part of the process, and and music is a great way to think about it. Like we see those pieces of software that help you structure chord mm. progressions and things like that, and that can make it really easy there's arpeggiators you can make it sound like music absolutely <laughs> but ultimately in order to make it a song to yeah. make it a full piece um it's it's there's way more involved yeah and and then there's also this layer that sits above it mm. you know the mastering layer of yeah. how you bring that all together that's game design that's the way game design should be done i believe is mm. in the mixing the mastering of mm. narrative and function and one of the complaints about the people who um the people who design Elite Dangerous that um, has been levelled against them is that they don't play Elite Dangerous. Okay. To play Elite Dangerous, mm. you have to fly across the galaxy and pick up a thing and take it to dirt and do this and do that. Yeah. And it takes all bloody weekend. Yeah. And you have to be a super geek nerd who sits there and just loves doing that. And the game designers themselves are designing a game where they probably don't have the time yeah. to do that. And so they don't get the first-person experience yeah. of some of the negative consequences of their game design choices. They certainly wouldn't understand the frustration. Yeah, yeah. And that's the biggest thing. And so when they're, they're the game designers, yeah, this is the, the other complaint, the, the, the similar sort of angle to the complaint, is that the game designers design some game game mechanic. Yeah. Then they get on for five minutes and they go, pew, pew, pew. Oh, well, that's working. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, Move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, next. <laughs> yeah, but what about the other 4,000 variables that could play into the, that mechanic? Yeah. And um, how frustrating that can be. Yeah. The, the buzzword in marketing in the um, early 90s was custom, well, 
frustration. They, mm. If you can focus on your customer's frustration and alleviate mm. it, mm. you are going way above and beyond anyone mm. else that you compete against mm. because people just don't do it. Mm. They, they, they're looking at market. They're looking at... They think service is all about smiling. Smiling's not going to make me feel any better when I've been waiting for 40 minutes in that queue over there. Yeah, yeah. Put some minties in the queue. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and there was a post office in, in, in Tuggeranong that did exactly that. Yeah, yeah. They put a box of minties on the post on the queue with a sign saying moments like these. Help yourself. <laughs> and they their profits went up. They yeah, could show yeah. that over a three-month period their profits went up because the one frustration mm. about going to the post office mm. is the queue. Mm. And they worked out. It's a big, a little the, tiny reward goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another, and so that's all you need to do, I think, in in ongoing game tweaking. Because mm. it's not, is it development? Like, I, where does development finish? And I mean, it's the Lucas story, isn't it? Like, when when does the creative process finish? And then <laughs> once it's in the box, stop fucking with it. Yeah, <laughs> which is what they're doing with Elite Dangerous. Yeah, some stuff they get really right mm. because they do listen to their community. Mm. But some stuff, you just wonder, you're left wondering, I don't even think I really needed that. Yeah, yeah, it seems a bit half-baked. We should talk about um, that and World of Warships, which I've been playing, and their yeah. design methodology. And others like, um, uh, what's the other spaceship one? $100 million crowdfunding, Star Citizen. Star Citizen. I saw that actually <laughs> pegged as 2017, 2017. 2016-2017 release date. Yeah, apparent. I th I think something is coming out the end of this year. Yeah, yeah. So My, if unless they've changed the plan, the plan was always to release a game called Squadron Forty Two. Yeah, that's right. Forty Two. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. And it works like the old old Roman Republic, right? Where, and if you weren't aristocracy, you could earn citizenship mm -hmm. in the Roman citizenry mm -hmm. by serving in the army. Mm -hmm. So you earned your right to be called a citizen mm -hmm. by serving in the army. And that's what Squadron 42 is all about. Mm -hmm. In order to be a citizen in Star Citizen, you've got to earn your wings. You've got to earn the right to be called a citizen or you've got to pay your way in, which costs big bucks. Mm -hmm. Um I think that's where the ships come in too. Like, you know, it, it's it's a real-world money commodity. Mm. There are people that have spent 30000 real-world dollars yes. on Star Citizen ships <laughs> and the game doesn't exist. I know, it's an amazing phenomenon, isn't it? Is it in Alpha? I don't know what they're calling it. It's in... It's a fly, some it's sort in, of flyable Well, like I was saying before, they've, they've got different... Modules that they they're building it a module away. So they have a flying bit, and then a walking bit, and then a shopping bit, and a mm. shooting bit, and then slowly they'll click them all together so you can fly, shop, walk, and shoot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's safe to say that we will continually come back to Elite Dangerous, mm. but I think it's also safe to say that we'll we'll definitely be looking at those other two games. Mm. I want to see No oh, Man's yeah, Sky. Yeah. I want to see what it what it's all about. Mm. Um, I found out today that the animals that you walk amongst on the planets, they're aware that you're there and some of them want to eat you. Yeah. And I think there's also um, the rigs are robot drones and, and stuff that can come hunting you. And I think they're the bad guys, that you're the antagonists. Sort yeah, because all of the trailers for No Man's Sky, all of the early gameplay and stuff like that, it looks beautiful. It's stunning. Mm. It looks serene. Mm-hmm. And then it fin and then the trailer finishes, and you think, and and then they sh they might show a little bit of cockpit 
stuff, but the actual on the planet stuff just seemed like walking around mm. trees and stuff. You know, the um, the animals just sort of didn't even recognise that you were there. The derogatory term for these games is walking simulator. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they yeah could potentially be suffering from that. So let's just quickly wrap up um, this with. Um, the last thing that I just wanted to talk about was how do you make an image inside a sound with a sound inside an image? Yeah, yeah. If you can make, if you can plot out a sound into an image, you can obviously do it in reverse, right? So if you can use whatever this yes. spectral analyzer machine is, yes. right, to turn it one way, you can do it in reverse. Yep. <clears throat> so the way that they make it, I do believe, is that they'll start with a background sound and, mm. um, and then they will use the reverse version of this and they'll just go into Photoshop and they'll knock up a few circles and a few things and they'll turn that into a waveform and then they'll come, then they'll put the two together and that's why you get this sort of noise that yeah. appears over the, the top of it. Yeah. And that's how you construct the, the sound. So I wanted to end with just having a look at um, some uh, this little YouTube video which is using a piece of software that does that. So it takes an image and it turns it into a sound. Um, we might maybe download some of this later on and, and actually have a bit of a play. So we'll have a quick look. We won't watch the whole thing. Um, but I suppose what you can see when you when you start watching it is that there'll be low-frequency noises, which are the low sounds, and then there'll be high-frequency noise. How it's actually calculated, I'm not really sure. Um, but you can kind of see see how it works when we, when we play. So let's mm -hmm. go. This one's a bit noisy. Yeah. It's all over the place, really. Gets lower at the end. Yeah. Pretty cool, that one. Yeah. So they're now... So they're now putting fractal images in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do one more. They sound awesome. So and it's it's all relative to a, a play bar. Yep. And time. Yeah. So as you drag a play bar through time, mm -hmm. that play bar plays across an image and where the pixel changes in value as it hits the play bar. Mm-hmm registers of frequency yeah so if there's a very bright pixel down the bottom that means yeah. a loud low frequency yeah. if there's a dull pixel up the top that means a very soft tinkly yeah. high frequency something like that is yeah. how it works yeah we yeah. did we did the particle you know the ad where the water comes down in the shape of things and lands on the car um, comes down vaguely. as a smiley face yeah, and yeah, arrows yeah, yeah. and drop, drops of water. Yep. What that was, I did a digital version of that, mm -hmm. but using the same method as the real life version that they used for the, um, it was a Hyundai ad, I think. Hmm. And what they did is they built a water rig, which is a long tube 
with 256 oh, okay. nozzles. <laughs> yeah. Right? And those nozzles were computer-driven. Um, yep. The open and shut uh-huh. for the nozzles were computer-driven. And what they worked out is that they can create any luminance map black and white image mm-hmm. and drag it across a play bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So if you drag an image across a play bar, the play bar is... Oops, sorry, that was did my you go, fault. Did you go one? I went one instead of three. Teething. <laughs> sorry, drag an image across the play bar. Yeah, if you drag a black <coughs> and white image across mm. a play bar, as it hits the play bar, the, the, the pixel is red mm. as either white, mm-hmm. black, or grey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or any variation in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so all they had to do is come up with coloured Im- black and white images, mm. and then they dragged it down... Uh, and it fed straight to the thing. Well, what I did is the same thing, except for the hand-built tube and all the plumbing and all the computer oh, work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used a particle system oh, okay. yeah. where the particle system was designed to release particles when the emitter was white mm-hmm. and not release particles when the emitter, emitter was black. Yep. And the emitter was this little thin mask area mm-hmm. that I could drag a black and white picture up and down. And so that strip is the only bit that registers on the emitter. Yep. Replicated it completely. <laughs> and then just put a secondary bounce when it hit the car. Yep. Or it hit, it wasn't even a real car. It was just cut out on yeah. Photoshop. Yeah. Um, but it's exactly the same thing. Mm. It's You need a time slider mm. that, that every pixel has a value mm-hmm. as, as it hits the time slider. Mm. And those pixels have a value across a spectrum of sound. Mm-hmm. Done. Done and deal. And, and it works it, back the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, forwards or backwards. Yeah. There you go. Awesome, man. Very cool. Very, very good. I'd have to say that um, we elaborated on a lot of the things that we covered in the previous version of this same show. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot more tonight, but um, I think we explored some cool stuff. And I think it was worth definitely rerunning, mm. doing the... Um, so this is Voyage of the Geek episode... Three one more time. <laughs> three B. We should call it that. Three in brackets <laughs> one <laughs> or whatever. So um, that's it. That's it for another show. Um, uh, join us every week where we waffle at one another about all things in the geekosphere. Um, you can contact us at any point through email on Voyage of the Geek or one word at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually we'll have websites and all those other things for people to contribute because that's what we really want to start. And we're, I'm hoping that we can bring in some guests soon. What do you think about calling in one of the troops to um, sit the table with us next for next time around? Maybe not the next show because we're close to Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday already. Well, the one after, let's bring in our first guest and... Let's see if we can find somebody who's willing. Pick their brain. We certainly know enough interesting people. That's um, true. In our line of work, we come across some 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 great, interesting people that have travelled, that have worked in the games industry, in the film industry, um, and yeah, way more interesting than us. Absolutely. So that's where we're heading. And uh, let us know if you've got any feedback. Um, if you liked the video, uh, like like down beneath and um, subscribe um, and contribute. It'd be great. That's it for us. Cheers, guys. Any parting words, Dan? Well, we, we, we're talking about call to action, right? This is the call to action where you have yes, to sir. end a video by asking people to go and do things. Yes. All right, so my call to action is 
How big is Elite, the 1984 um, Elite Dangerous yep. game? So yep. anyway, that's my question for you. Leave, leave, uh, leave your... Your educated opinion slash guess slash uh, knowledgeable slash truth fact very uh, in the comments for yeah. the video. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pleasure catching up with you yeah. as always, sir. Cool. Good on you, Dave. See you next time.